Welcome back to the CD School Counselor Podcast. Today on the show, we are pulling back from our college interview series, and we are going to talk PSATs, specifically how to interpret your results with the PSATs. And we're pulling from last year's show with Rye Hoffman and Susie Moakley. In that show, Rye and Susie provided us with a lot of in-depth perspectives on the PSAT, how to interpret your results, how to use your results moving forward, and kind of guide you into the world of testing, specifically SAT, and is it appropriate for you or not? CVU will be hosting the SAT, School Day SAT, in April. April 12th is the CVU School Day SAT And we do encourage our juniors to take the SAT. At the very least, it is good practice and it is good information to have during the the application and or search process. So not only are we pulling last year's PSAT explanation back into the present, but I would also like to link last year's follow-up show with three local universities and their application review process um, podcast, because uh, I, I think it's relevant to this larger conversation about standardized testing and the larger idea of schools being test optional and what does that mean. We are also planning to interview Heather Woodcock Ayers. Um, Heather is the former director of admission at Wellesley College. She's been a member of the board of admission at Brown, and we think she can continue to add valuable information to the conversation about standardized testing and the college admission process. Information that's valuable for our students and families as they re-enter, initiate, begin the search process with their student. As always, we thank you for listening. Click the show notes for last year's college panel link and stay tuned for the follow-up show in the coming weeks with Heather. And again, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right, Rye. Tell us about the PSAT. Thank you for passing that torch, Russ. I really appreciate it. I'm um, sure. <laughs> so, yes, the PSAT was uh, offered to all juniors this past October, and um, and scores are have now been released. Students should have received an email from College Board to access their account um, if they took the PSAT. Um, and that PSAT, as Susie was talking about with... Um, the pre-ACT is really the practice test for the SAT. Um, SAT is going to be offered for juniors in April, on April 12th this year. Um, and so uh, that PSAT and that PSAT score can really be uh, helpful in practicing for um, the SAT and really to give students a glimpse of what the SAT will be like. Um, Do I tell students that day, about that day? Okay. Do not have a Mountain Dew and a glazed donut. Mm-hmm. What should you have on the morning of a long test? What do you suggest for breakfast? Uh, a meal that's not going to make you hyper or one that's not going to make you fall asleep. Protein feeds the brain. Yeah. Peanut butter, eggs, mm-hmm. protein. And bring your calculators. Bring your calculators. And your num- number two pencils because they are in short supply and we don't have a ton of extras. Um, so one of the things I'm just going to put out there before Rye continues is just, I'm going to further plug the, the podcast with our three local colleges, UVM, Middlebury, and Dartmouth. Um, 
because if there's anything good to have come out of COVID, it is that a lot of the colleges are moving towards and talk to us a lot about how they're moving into becoming test optional and whether they're going to continue that policy or return to to testing. Um, and so we think that it's a good idea. My advice is to my students is that I want them to sit for the SAT. I want them to take these standardized tests because I think it's good practice and it, is, it gives you the option of looking at your score in the context of your fellow CVU students or within the context of a specific department or curriculum area and determining whether or not that test score um, adds value to your overall application or if your application um, is strong without your standardized test score. So, right onward. <laughs> Again, just beautiful with the pass of the torch. With the torch passing. You're doing great. All right. So um, with PSATs and SATs, as Russ was talking about, um, we do still you know, recommend that most students uh, who are considering uh, looking at college applications consider taking um, either the SAT or the ACT. Um, around this area in, in New England, most students kind of lean towards SAT. Um, and again, that's what we're going to be offering in April. Um, students can use those PSAT scores that they have and sync them with a Khan Academy account, which is a free online resource um, that will basically create a customized uh, SAT training platform uh, based on their PSAT scores. So it's a really nice, free, convenient, um, and simple way to practice um, on being prepared for the SAT um, and, and getting ready for that, that date in April. Um, some students even take the SAT more than once. Uh, again, here at CVU, we offer uh, all juniors to take it in April, uh, but students can take it privately as well or, you know, on their own um, at other area sites by going to collegeboard.org and signing up for an additional SAT uh, assessment uh, should they choose. One of the things I like about, um, you know, the testing culture right now is the pressure is off, yeah. right? So... You use this test, as you said, Russ, as an asset, right? If, it, if, if the profile of, the, of your score on the test compared to your peers and the college you're applying to all fits to make it an asset for you, then that's great, right? But the pressure's off in the sense that you don't have to submit the score to the overwhelming majority of schools. You know, some schools still require it. A few programs out there um, I know still required it. But overwhelmingly, if you're not a tester and you don't, you know, this is not your jam, it's okay. So you can kind of kind of go into the test with like this, you know, this attitude of like, all right, I'm going to do my very best, but this is not a game changer. Yeah. I think another piece is like, you know, one reason why we still do, you know, recommend the students consider taking the SAT or one of these assessments is because, you know, we're talking about juniors and we don't assume that all juniors know exactly where they are going to be applying um, or what they're truly going to be looking at in their senior year. So, um, to Susie's point, it doesn't have to be this high stakes test like it used to be in the past. Um, it can be one more data point and data set that could be uh, used in applications. Um, but then again, it might not be. And so, um, but luckily here at CVU, uh, we offer it for all of those students. They don't have to make special arrangements to take the test. Um, and and it's available right here in the, in the building. And I think as uh, a sneak preview into the 
we'll, we'll call the second part with the college counselors part two. Um, there, there's some interesting data out there around student success on a college campus when they look at students who submitted test scores versus those that didn't. And if uh, at present, the feedback I'm receiving is that they aren't seeing significant difference between those two populations. And so, and they also need more data to confirm those results. And because of that, we're looking at UVM moving to 2026, where they're going to remain test optional. And then you have on the flip side of that, you have MIT, which quickly moved back to required uh, testing because they do feel that it that it adds value to the application in context with with other pieces. There's a great site um, that is called www.fairtest.org. I will link it in the show notes. Where you can get a look and see what schools are looking at in terms of uh, optional test score, um, tests or not. And I love the name of that because, you know, what I think they are learning about this test is it's not necessarily fair. That different schools prepare at different levels, um, different demographics do better than others. So it's a really hard a test to really measure student success. Um, so that is, uh, you know, that's something that colleges are realizing is they're finding that students who don't necessarily do well in these tests are doing just fine on their college campuses. Uh, so, Ryde, do you are you able to go and take a couple minutes and talk to families about when they log in to see their score reports, what they might actually see and kind of interface with on the College Board website? Sure. So, when you when a student activates their account, um, they will then have access to be able to view their score, um, and that score. Again, similar to how we talked about with pre-ACT, and also I can't uh, tell you exactly why this is the case, but the score range is different for the PSAT than it is for the SAT. Um, so the range of scores for the PSAT is from 320 to 1520, um, whereas the SAT is from 400 to 1600. Um, but anyway, they're going to see their total score. Uh, they're going to be able to click into their, their score report. And it's a four-page report that they actually see. Um, they're going to see uh, an overall score uh, that is an accumulation of what they got for their reading-writing uh, tests, as well as their math tests. Um, there are two of each of those tests on the actual PSAT and on SAT. Um, with That score is going to show them where they are in uh, percentile rank uh, nationally with anybody else that, that took the PSAT um, in this calendar year. They're going to be able to see their test scores in different uh, subject areas. They're, they have a reading score, they have a writing and language score, and a math score. And that's just a, a typically a, a single or double digit score that goes anywhere from 8 to 38. So they get a general sense of that. Um, they then can take a look into the actual questions that they, that, that they were asked and see how they performed on those questions. Um, as well as what the difficulty level of those questions was. Um, online, they can actually click on the, the question to see, you know, if they got one wrong or, or a few wrong, they can see what that question was and go back and see what the actual question, you know, asked and, um, and what the correct answer was. So they can kind of dig into that a little bit. Um, and then lastly, you know, they can also, uh, well, maybe not lastly, but they can see what questions they omitted so one trick with these kinds of tests is 
we really encourage students to answer every question. Um, the way that these kinds of tests are scored, they're scored based on the number of questions that are answered correctly. It's not based on a percentage of what is answered correctly. Um, so uh, it really doesn't do a student any good to not answer a question. Um, so, you know, as silly as it sounds, the recommendation is if they get down to those last couple minutes and they have a few, you know, circles still to fill in, to go ahead and fill in those circles because, uh, you know, they might randomly get, they have a 25% chance of getting a correct answer. Um, and then, you know, the next level of recommendation is that they do sync these scores with Khan Academy. Um, whether they use that, that resource or not, it is a really nice free resource um, that's going to be customized. It's going to be based on, you know, building a training platform around what a student is weakest in based on their PSATs rather than an entire SAT sort of training platform. So fee-based uh, programs that students can participate in. We've often had classes through the access program here, um, there, but the Khan Academy program is really robust and then that it's free. And it just takes a little bit of motivation from the student to sit down and dig in and do it. But again, all of that has to be paired with, I would say, conversations with your school counselor to figure out how much time and effort do you put into prepping? Are the scores even necessary at the schools you're looking at? If you're looking at some of the University of California schools out West, they are test blind. They don't want them. So, so really have those conversations with your school counselor to determine what's necessary and what's not. The only other thing I will add is that as, as we talk about the tests and we start moving into this idea of, of tests and comparing students one to the other, um, you know, it's a great opportunity to have a conversation as a family about not trying to compare yourself with your peers and not saying, you know, what'd you get on the test? Where'd you get into college? You know, somebody is always scoring higher or lower and, you know, your information, um, you know, is your own. And I think it creates a lot of undue stress um, when um, we continually ask students, what'd you get on your SAT? What'd you get on your ACT? Where are you going to college? That's one of the reasons we stopped going into class to give yeah. results is it, it created that, it threw the entire class off track for the day because it was all that peer-to-peer yeah. -peer, um, comparison. Yeah. And so I think, you know, having students travel on their own journeys and, and um, you know, be proud of who they are and we will help them with that um, is really important to keep in mind as we begin this, uh, this journey that includes testing. So a couple other notes. Uh, counselors are going into all um, written communication classes to start talking about the college search process and the essay writing process. Um, there is a college panel night that Sarah O'Hare Hughes and I host in January, which we'll have a link for in this show where we get to interview probably seven or eight local colleges about their application process. Um, we're going to link to the Khan Academy test site. We're going to link to the College Board uh, website so you can maybe dig in and find your scores. Uh, we're going to link to the FAIR test, which Susie mentioned. Um, and I, it's a lot of linking that is available. And if you have questions along the way, don't hesitate to reach out to your school counselor. Ryan, am I missing anything? Well, the only other thing I would add is that there is a letter that's going to be sent home um, to parents of 11th graders um, about, you know, looking at the PSAT scores. Um, the yeah.
PSAT score will have a link directly to this very podcast. So um, those who find this podcast through that link, we would love to hear from you. That That's uh, how this connection happened. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. And then it is break. Over now.